Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptors. Hey, everybody. Thank you for joining us for today's very special episode of Real Estate Disruptors. Today, we have Dean Graciosi with Mastermind, someone I've been following for a very, very long time. And today, we're going to be talking about how to be bold and prepare to thrive during an economic winter. If this is your first time tuning in, I'm Steve Trang, sales trainer. Every month, we help hundreds of people buy more houses at deeper margins. If you want to join us on our training calls, DM me the word sales on Instagram. And I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. And the information on this podcast alone is enough to help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. And if you get value out of this show, please tag a friend below, share this episode right now. That way we can all grow together. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right. So the first question is what got you into initially working for yourself? Oh, good question. And thanks for coming here, man. Good to, good to oh, see man. you. And I know there's uh I know if you're listening right now, you got lots of options to listen, to look. We have we are living the most distractive time in history. <laughs> we so are. if you're gonna spend the next, you know, 50, 60 minutes with us, we're gonna we're gonna light it up. So thanks for being here. Um, what got me working for myself? You know, it, it was so long ago. Um, you know, we we all have our either running away from something or running towards something. We're either running away from a childhood that was not so great, mm-hmm. or we want to run towards something that's bigger and better. And sometimes it's both. You run away and then you run towards right. it. I, if I look back, it, it was running away from watching my parents um, struggle so much. My, my dad worked a couple of jobs and was in a collision shop and auto sales. And thank God, he taught, he taught me some great lessons, but worked so hard and had headaches from painting cars. And I was like, that just didn't look right. My mom and dad were split. My mom worked three jobs to make about 90 bucks a week. She cut hair, she cleaned houses, did lots of miscellaneous jobs. And I just remember them working for other people and doing things, not having money and not being happy. Like it's easier to reflect. I'm 53 years old. I can look back now and analyze with emotional intelligence. You don't have emotional intelligence when you're a kid. Mm -mm. You just go, I don't want that life. Well, that's just the way it was, but you had the re- you had the uh, recognition though at a young age to re- the recognize recognition, you didn't want that. Exactly, Re- really good point. Like I didn't know there was a better way, and and then also the combination of knowing I didn't want what my parents had, and being young and dumb, and the world didn't tell you no enough, and I just thought I could. Right. Like that's a gift. Don't you wish you could give more people of just being naive? Like don't listen to the note, like just go for it. Well, the, before the childhood innocence is programmed out of you. Yeah, that's a really great way to put it, before it's programmed out. So before my childhood innocence was programmed out of me, um, I remember just wanting to be successful to retire my mom. Like we all need a muse, that mm-hmm. was my gig. My dad, he could handle himself. My yeah. mom, man, she worked her tail off. She's the sweetest woman, still to this day, she's alive fortunately and she's the sweetest woman, but just worked so hard to come home at nine o'clock at night completely exhausted and I just wanted to take care of her. So I don't share this a lot, but the reason I probably wanted to do my own thing, that probably is because I wanted to take care of her. Yeah. And I just, I wasn't that smart in school. I had dyslexia, so I struggled really hard with reading. I didn't, I wasn't diagnosed with dyslexia until yeah. I was older. I just know school wasn't matching for me, uh, wasn't working for me. And I just decided I, I, I got to do my own thing. So in at 16, I started cutting firewood. 15, 16, I started cutting firewood while I was figuring out how to work on cars. Yeah. By the time I was 17, I had a firewood business. By the time I was 18, I got my first no money down real estate deal just by knocking on a million doors. Desperation is one hell of a motivator, yeah. right? Yeah, absolutely. So I got my first real estate deal, second real estate deal, started getting apartments. So it wasn't like I, I wasn't like I was in a job. I've never worked for anybody in my entire mm-hmm. life. So 
it wasn't like I was in a job and said, and that's a lot of people's stories like this enough of this. Somebody else is owning my time. Right. I just never went down that path. I started with cars and then real estate and started, I own, ended up owning about 20 apartments and that helped fund get me in my first, I bought some raw land. I subdivided, sold some of the lots, then built houses. Then I started a housing company. I was building houses and flipping house, you know, so had apartments and, and well, it was interesting. Was you were talking about like the school wasn't, uh, the best, uh, option for you and you were and you had dyslexia and you know one of those things that we look back at it now is like man how did we miss it you know yeah. so many people weren't diagnosed properly but some of the most successful people alive is because they have dyslexia i know right? you got richard branson you got steven spielberg people that school wasn't an option i need to figure out a way to make things yeah. work and so they were forced into working for themselves or working, you know, in it's a, a really way. good point. I never looked at it. I really was forced in because I was probably not hireable, right? I, <laughs> right? I didn't have a degree, didn't come from a good pedigree, right? Like, so I, yeah. I had to figure it out. Um, and then I remember uh, there was times, I, I want to say when I was younger, where I, could, I would see you on TV and you're talking about like how to get into business for yourself. Mm -hmm. I don't remember exactly what that yeah. was. It was real estate. <laughs> it was real estate. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you figured out real estate and then you started teaching yep. real estate. So Correct. Uh, let's take a step back. So you were doing, you, you were employing people. You had a business when you were 17. Yeah. <laughs> okay. When I was 17, I had, um, by 17, I had probably four people help me cut firewood and, uh, I was selling cords of wood. I remember mm -hmm. it was $75 a cord and I was making about a thousand bucks a week after I paid everybody at, yeah. at 17. Uh, and by 17, I was already working on cars and by 18, I had my first real estate deal. So how did you get your first real estate deal? Because most people, like today, it's really easy, right? You just go to YouTube, you listen to podcasts like this, and you can find your first real estate deal. Yeah. When you're 18, I mean, this is the time where a, it was not an abundance, abundance mindset. It was yeah. scarcity mindset. And like, if I told you something, then there was a good chance you're eating out of my bowl, right? That was the mindset at least. Yeah. How did you learn to, you know, to get your first deal? Yeah. So my dad always, my dad kind of dabbled in real estate and I want to give, I don't want to say that in a negative way. It sounds like I'm being mean to him. He, he, he did some real estate deals in his life and never had a lot of money. So he was always desperate to try to find a deal and was always looking for that big one. Um, I'll tell you what, if I think back my first deal, first or second deal was a deal I did with a, a lady named Mary Lepresti. In fact, I didn't remember this deal until I was on, I, I was with Pace. Mm -hmm. um, and he remembered reading it in the first course I ever created. And if I think back out of desperation, I knocked on a lot of doors. I, I had the theory, I had someone older in my town, his name was uh, Joey Noto and Dominic Afuso, two Italian guys, they were older in my town, they were doing really well for themselves, and they were in real estate. It's one of the main reasons I wanted to go in real estate. I watched my family struggle, and I watched these two guys live what I thought were like millionaire lifestyles. Like yeah. the house, the car, the family was like, oh, like they have a pool in their backyard. I never had a pool. I lived in little, you know, but I remember, and every time I could have a conversation with them, I'm being really polite, not being intrusive, but if I could find them at the, I lived in a little town of 6,000 people. Mm -hmm. So you saw people all the time. Where, where was this? Little In Marlboro, New York. Okay. And it was a place called Frank's Deli. And Frank's <laughs> right. Deli is still there. And Frank Creccio owns is a good friend of mine, but I would try to, I'd be around Frank cause he owned apartments and I'd be around and I would do everything in my power to be in proximity. And I, sometimes I'd listen or I'd ask questions. And I never wanted to be annoying, but I, but they appreciated that I listened and, and would work at it. So long story short, I, I, 
understood that you could buy real estate with no money down if someone would hold the mortgage. Mm -hmm. If the seller would say, hey, I'll give it to you monthly. I didn't know a million options. I didn't know wholesaling back then. I didn't know, I didn't know the terminology. I no. just know if I found somebody that was desperate enough to sell and I could prove that I'm a good dude, maybe they'd sell it to me with little or no money down and I could pay them every month. Yeah. And if I think back, I probably, I mean, who knows? I don't know if it was 20, 10, or 100 different tries. And finally, Mary Lepresti, uh, amazing older lady, she, she wanted to move to Florida. And what I found out, what her hot button was, is she said, I wanna to move to Florida, I wanna get out of this house, I need, I remember the number, $170,000 for this house, was probably worth 160. She said, but if I could get $2,000 a month to move to Florida, that's how much my entire living expenses would be in Florida. And maybe this is interesting to you if you're watching now, but just see how things start. Yeah. And I made the deal with her, I said, I'll give you the 170, 100% of what you want but I only have $2,000 to put down and I'll pay you two grand a month. Give me a year and then I'll pay you all mm -hmm. off. And she was so thankful. She invited me for pasta dinner on Sunday. We made a deal, shook hands. I gave her 2000 bucks. She moved out. I renovated. It was a three part, three unit. Her daughter lived on one floor. Her granddaughter lived on the other. They all moved out. I remodeled all three and uh, put beautiful tenants in there, mm -hmm. refinanced it at the bank because it had so much equity in it. And I paid Mary off and that was the launching pad into my first one. You did all that work yourself. I did all of it back then. I did it myself. Yeah. yeah. Well, the, probably the tile and plumbing and electric and all the experience with the cars probably helped a little bit. It did. Um, I think there's a, a powerful lesson there as well, though. You know, again, being young, uh, did we know that proximity was power? I mean, did you know proximity was power then? You just yeah. wanted to be around them so you can just hopefully hear something. Yeah. But now we know, right? You're the average of the five people you spend time with, spend the most time with. So it's amazing that um, the, the the wisdom or the you know the the decisions you made that led you to where you are today. It's crazy. So you do your first deal, right? It sounds like it was a, an amazing deal. Yep. Were there struggles along the way? I mean, I know it was a long while back. Yeah. So like, what? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a long time ago. This is, you know, yeah, quite some time ago. Yeah. Um, so I guess maybe let's just talk about, you know, like your, your but, journey in but real I'll tell estate. You what the yeah, but I'll tell you what the struggles are. To this day with all of it is the self-doubt will crush you and cripple you more than anything else. Mm -hmm. It's not the, can I find a deal? Can I find the money? Yes, that all can be hard, especially if you're listening right now and things are tough. You might be thinking, oh, you guys are doing deals. You got money now. It's easy. I remember what it's like to have nothing. And all my friends went off to college. Like one went to Miami University and was sending me freaking pictures of him partying with girls. And, and, I, and I'm stuck in my little town, like working on cars during the day and trying to hustle apartments and houses at night. And I remember thinking there was two brains, there was two thoughts in my head. Like, you're not smart. You have dyslexia. You don't have money. People like you do what your father does. You'll be working on cars. If you can make 60 grand a year for the rest of your life, you'll be lucky. Mm -hmm. One, my brain literally told me that every day. And there was another part of my brain, Steve, that said, no, that, you're not going to settle. You're not going to be your parents. You're meant for more. You could do more. You could be more. Don't take no for an answer. And they're only a millimeter apart. Mm -hmm. It's not like this way or that way. It's like one day you feel like the imposter that'll never do it with self-doubt. And one day you feel invincible. And we just have to do everything in our power to feed that inner invincible human that so at the end of our lives, we don't look back and feel like we played small or we missed it. We only got one shot at this. Yeah. I don't know what drove me. I'd love to give you an answer right now that it was God. It was an epiphany. It mm -hmm. was this older uncle that inspired me. Honestly, I just think I just think I was running away from pain, man. My, yeah. my parents were in pain like that. They, they just were. They, they weren't happy. My parents were married nine times. My mom, five. My dad, four. They didn't have money. They weren't that happy. I think I just saw like so much pain if I left my life the way it is that 
I would have chewed, chewed through a brick wall, man. Yeah. And, and what I realized when I look back, it really wasn't that hard. I just didn't give myself an out. You know, Tony Robbins is my partner and friend. He has that saying, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. Like you're yeah. there, you got to take it. In my head, like being like my parents was like, I had to burn the boats. So yes, the, the trials were, oh my God, when she said yes, I can think all the way back when she said yes, I'm like, oh my God, what if I'm going to, can I really pay her? Can I really remodel this whole house? Can I get friends to help me? Where will I get the money to actually remodel it? Cause I didn't, I know the money and I used credit cards to do a lot of the remodeling yeah. and borrowed money and hustled. And I was selling cars at the time. I was fixing cars and selling. So I'd hustle a car, make five grand on a car and go like literally to home Depot and buy enough carpet tile and, and you know, to do another floor. Yeah. Right. But where there's a, I don't want to, there's a will, there's a way, but there really is. Yeah. If we can, and I'd love to talk about where we're going with this economic shift. In oh, the we're world going to get real there. estate. Yeah, for sure. I'll get there. But, you know, um, man, your, your thoughts can trip you up more than anything. I yeah. guess that's the best lesson is I was young enough that I didn't hear no enough. And I was desperate enough to get away from where I was. And I just kept pushing forward till it happened. Yeah. And then at some point you got into the, the info marketing yeah. space. Tell me a little bit about that journey. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you. Um, so. I'm, I'm doing well and I'm probably 27 years old. And now I have, now fast forward to 27. Um, I had already, I, my net worth was a million dollars at 27 because I bought a, I bought two pieces of land. One, I subdivided six lots and I built three of the houses. And then the neighbor, I bought the 30 acres next door, subdivided that into like 18 lots. And I was just about to start building and a, a real estate boom came. And I flipped the whole thing for about 850 grand. I only had like 400, 300 and something in it. I made mm. 400 there. Anyway, between all of it, I made almost a million bucks, um, which is unbelievable from where I came oh, from. Oh, for sure. And at the time I owned a collision shop. It was called Dean Collision Center. I had tow trucks. I had 20 apartments and I was doing that housing development. I was on my way. I was doing better than I could have ever imagined, better than anyone had ever done in, in my family. Mm -hmm. um, I was, I became very good friends with those two older guys. And one of them, his name is Mark Miller was 85 years old at the time. And I used to go see him once a week and I'd spend two hours with him. And I learned so much from this amazing man. He's no longer with us. Um, but I have to say, I was so used to, and I, and I hope you don't mind me sharing this, but I was so used to running away from pain mm -hmm. that I'd love to use a more elegant word, but I found success at 26, 27, but I was really hosed up. Like I was just so running away from pain that I wasn't, I don't know if it's enjoying the success or understanding it. I was doing it out of like angst. Like I can't be my parents. I can't be my parents. Like I, like my face might've been crunched up my whole twenties. And all of a sudden one night in the middle of the night, I watched Tony Robbins on an infomercial and I buy his, I felt like he was talking to me yeah. and I bought his course and I get it. And I devoured it. Steve. Like I felt like he was talking to me and, and he gave me some fundamental shifts. Like life happens for us, not to us. Instead of me being like, Oh, why did I get dealt this hand? Mm -hmm. It was more like, Oh God, universe, thank you for this. Because of that, I get to be me. Like right. if my parents spoiled me, maybe I'd be miserable doing drugs. But because of that life, it gave me, it gave me the desire for more. So, oh my God, this all happened for me. And in a moment, my mind shifted. And I focused on solutions more and surrounding myself with the right people. And I realized, oh my God, that's why I'm doing better because I have these older friends. Let me get more of them. Yep. And it just really compounded me. But it did two things to me. One, it really helped me be less hosed up really technical term. <laughs> but number two, it made me realize, wow, Tony took my money mm -hmm. 
and he gave me information and it shifted my life I wanted in. Yeah. I think we'll talk later. You had that epiphany at a point in your life or else you wouldn't be in front of me right now interviewing 100%, 100%. Me, right? So there's this epiphany like my life experience could help someone else. Right. So I said, I'm going to go in the information business, right? Had no freaking clue. Had no following. This is before the internet. Yeah. This, got, this is 1997. There wasn't even MySpace. There wasn't even dial up on AOL. <laughs> like, you know, it was, you didn't, you couldn't watch a video on AOL, mm -hmm. right? Right. It was a modem that, right? So, um, I decided to go in and I created a course and I was going to do real estate, but I had only done a, you know, I did a bunch of real estate, but I was either going to do real estate or cars. And I was going back and forth and I ended up picking cars first because that's how I made my first big chunk of money or consistent money to invest. I made from flipping cars right. and I created a course called motor millions. I taught people how to flip cars through the classified ads. I, I in fact, it's in the other room, Scott, if you get it, it's so funny. I got it. Uh, it was in a box that we found about a month ago. <laughs> from literally 1997. Like this is literally the course I created in 1997. Oh man, amazing videos. VHS. VHS and all that, right? It, it's funny, <laughs> I'm gonna show this uh, during the challenge Tony and I are doing. But um, I created this course and then like all of us, and maybe you felt this way when you launched your podcast mm -hmm. and you do what you're doing, like I was so fired up by what I learned from Tony, right? So excited about what he shared that I, I kind of put, um, I kind of put everything else on hold. I went back to that 17-year-old naive. I could just do it, mm -hmm. but I was a little older then. So by the time I got done and realized I had to create books and put product in the warehouse and hire a company, hire a call center, I had to put fifty thousand dollars in prepaid media. It cost a hundred thousand dollars to produce the infomercial. I'm two hundred, two hundred fifty grand in. Pretty much every dollar I had into something where I'm not Tony Robbins. And I remember my sister sat me down and she's like, we're so proud of you. You're the most successful person in our family, but you went too far, you're going broke, you're gonna lose everything. Stop this obsession. You're not an educator, you're not a teacher. You are great at cars, you are great at real estate. You're not Tony, you're not six foot seven dynamic, you don't have millions of dollars. And I just remember this gutted feeling of like, again, that same two voices I told you at 17, mm -hmm. the one was like, you're a freaking idiot. You just blew every dime that you saved up your entire life. You were broke as a kid, then you weren't. Now you're broke again. You'll never do this. You're gonna lose everything. And then there was the other voice that said, you're meant for more. You could help people. You could share your story. You could teach what you did in real estate. Teach what you, if you can come from nothing and make this, imagine what you could do for other people. And those two voices again were a millimeter apart, Steve. Yeah. And I remember literally in the little town where I grew up, the place I took a walk. I took a walk and these two voices and me had, had it out. And I, I would love to say no way I was quitting. I was, a, I was a, a hairline away from just going, hey, I should be lucky with the life I have. Yeah. I have real estate, I have a tow truck company, I have Dean Collision Center for God's sakes, right? I should just be grateful. I should, I should be grateful. Why, yeah. why am I so greedy, yeah. right? But something that day just wouldn't let me settle. That probably the day you decided to do a podcast or mm -hmm. all the things that you've accomplished in your life, man. You wouldn't be here if you didn't do great things in your life. And I just decided to go for it and I was going to do it and there was nobody going to talk me out of it. And I launched Motor Millions and um, ups and downs and I figured out this digital world or this product world and it was different because I had to do an infomercial. There was no other way to sell. People were like, why'd you do an infomercial? It's like, what else was there? Like direct mail it. and infomercials and yellow pages. Like yeah, that was it. That's, that was it. Um, and I figured it out. And when I got momentum, by then I had done a lot more real estate deals, not thousands, maybe, maybe 30 deals my whole life. Um, and I launched a real estate course 
probably 20 years ago now or mm-hmm. you know 19 years ago uh, called think a little different and i just laid out all the deals that i had think done a little different yeah i, I laid out pretty the, close to that whole apple <laughs> yeah yeah and i i laid out um i laid out how i did the deals i had done mm-hmm. up until that point and i and it became a monster hit i went the car infomercial and car digital product did okay that took me to a whole new level and i think we went on to surely be the number one real estate educator for a decade. Yeah. Um, we changed a lot of lives and it was amazing. And during that journey, I became friends with Tony Robbins, the guy that changed my life. And all we ever talked about was self-education and selling courses and products to change people's lives. And over the last few years, I've merged into showing people what I've done in that space, right? I, yeah. I learned cars, then taught it. Real estate, then taught it. Now, how to sell what you know. Yeah, and I think that's so powerful. And um, you know, we were kind of talking about this offline, but, uh, you know, for a lot of you guys that are watching the show, you guys, uh, have heard me talk about, you know, I, I launched this podcast cause I was at the edge by Dean Graziosi and there was this guy on stage, Brandon Bashar saying, people want to hear your story. People want to hear your story. And now he's like, you know, you got to do one of three things. You either got to start a blog, you need to write a book or you need to start a podcast. And in my head, I was like, I already have a blog. It sucks. <laughs> right. I already wrote a book. It's gone absolutely nowhere. Let's just start a podcast, see what happens, right? Wow. And I remember it was Saturday when Dean, uh, when, when Brandon was on stage saying it. Yep. I made a commitment on Facebook that following Wednesday that, guys, tune in next week. I'm going to do my first wow. podcast. And a so great story. A week after that, I got my podcast, right? So I launched it, and it was one of those things like, you know, let me just do 10 episodes. See how it goes. See how it goes. And if it sucks, nobody will know. Nobody will know. No <laughs> like, one will know. You don't even tell anybody. Right. Yeah. Uh, but if it goes great, then, you know, this will be life-changing. And so um, not only has it been life-changing for myself, uh, but you just had, you know, uh, Pace was just in here. And, you know, um, I like to say I'm a small part of his story, right? Because, uh, and a few of others of our friends was that this podcast that started has helped a lot of people, but it would never have existed if it wasn't you on stage talking about personal development. So, like, the, the impacts, wow. uh, the just, waves that you create, it's yeah. just it's just it's crazy. It's a ripple effect. That you, you don't know you where don't it stops. Stop. It doesn't stop, yeah. yeah. Someone's asked me this question this morning. I was on someone else's podcast. They're asking me, how many millionaires have you created? Because I say I want to create 100 millionaires. And my answer was like, truthfully, I think more than 100, but we can only validate. Yeah. We can only verify 11 because we ask people to send in like yeah. verified letters signed by their accountants. That's amazing, though. Um, One is amazing. Yeah. Right? So, and and I, I love that your mission is to have 11 or 100 millionaires mm-hmm. and you have 11. But how about the people that got in their first deal that never thought they could because of you? Yeah. How amazing is that? Right. right? Like, I love your high bar measurement. But imagine the person that had been trying for years on their own, got capabilities and direction from you, and they got that first deal. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's, it's the greatest gift ever. It's why I love this industry. I mean, I, I, we get to impact lives for a living. I mean, pinch it's, us. Pinch us. It's unbelievable. And we're going to be talking about this. So, so I wrote down this note here. So thrive310.com. So thrive310.com. So um, I think there's something that's going on right now that, you know, I think it's really important to talk about. And right now, a lot of people are scared. Yeah. Uh, and I think there's, so. there's a good reason to be scared. You know, June 15th uh, was the day that the, the, the um, Federal Reserve yep. bumped their rate, 75 bips. Whole world kind of like stopped. Yeah. And they did it again Held yesterday. Breath. And they did it again yesterday. They did it again yesterday. That didn't seem to be, <laughs> I think at this point, people are like, a little numb now. <laughs> they're numb to it already. But the fact of the matter is, Everyone is kind of in a state of panic, kind of a holding pattern as well. You know, the sellers, the homeowners right now, what we're seeing is 
they're gonna they're in a wait and see approach, yep. right? But a lot of the buyers, the investors in real estate, are also in a wait and see a wait and see approach. So we kind of have this environment where if you're in the business and you're actively trying to wholesale or you're actively trying to buy and sell real estate, if you're in an industry like we are, where your income is not based off the value of the market, but the volume, there's a lot of reasons to be scared at this exact moment. Yeah. And so we're talking about how to be bold and prepare to thrive yeah. during an economic winter, which I think is a pretty accurate description. So what are your thoughts on that? Got it. So if you don't mind, I'm glad we have some time. Yeah. I, I have to give my experience at 53, and that would be different than 43 and 33 and 23. Yeah. Right. At 53, I, I want to share in a moment here what I did in 07. I did in my real estate education and I did in my real estate investing and I thrived in 07 and 08 more than anyone. In fact, in 07, there was Carlton Sheets on TV. Mm -hmm. There was a bunch of real estate people on TV. There was, um, I forget all their names, but there was a lot. And by the time we got to 09, I was the only one left. Oh really? I gobbled up all their business and we went, my business quadrupled over that time. And I want to share that story. I think it's really, I think it's relevant to today. But more importantly than the tactic, you said a word that I think is really important and that shows your depth of you know, emotional intelligence. Time on this earth is bold. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you be bold in a time? And, and I really want you to hear this. We went through two years of COVID, to vax, not to vax, to mask, not max, shut down, don't shut down, like work from home, craziness, and it creates uncertainty. Just because mm -hmm. when you don't know where the world's going, you're just a little uneasy. Yeah. So you take uncertainty of that, then you take a media that polarizes us and makes us look like we're completely separate. Well, right? that's their job. That's their job. Like you're either super right or super left where I think most of us are down the middle and we have way more in common than we do apart. Yeah. Right. I think we all have deep down the same philosophies, what we want for our families, our children, our lives, our freedom, the people that we, but they push us apart. So you take two years of uncertainty, you push a polarizing uh, a media pushing us apart and then you slam us into 41 year high uh, inflation and then heading towards a recession. If you're feeling uncertain, congratulations for being human. Like yeah. you'd have to be a, a brick or a piece of iron not to feel uncertain. And, and what I love is I love the saying, I think Tony said this uh, when we were at a meeting one day, he said, wouldn't you rather prepare and anticipate than react? And I think what happens, and I watched this in 07, a lot of people in the real estate space, if they're younger, and they made money selling houses, or they were a real estate agent, or they they bought a couple houses and they just bought it in the right neighborhood by accident, mm -hmm. and it took them an extra three months to rehab it, and the price went up an extra 20 grand because it took them too long, and they feel like they're hitting home runs, but they were really born on third base, mm -hmm. right? Right place, right time. But they feel like geniuses. Feel like geniuses, right? And that's the dangerous thing. That's why yeah. there were so many foreclosures in 07, right? Why so many people went bankrupt in 07, because it just seemed, this is easy money. You buy a house, you hold it for a couple of days, you put it back on the market, you're rich, right? And it, it didn't take much to look smart, and you spent all your winnings on a Hummer, because you had that MC Hammer mindset where the party will never end. Yeah, exactly. And, and so what I believe is, if you're feeling that way, Please know I'm not criticizing you, but you just haven't had enough time on this earth, right? Winston Churchill said, if you don't study history, it's bound to repeat itself, mm -hmm. right? I've just been through, I was in business in 99 and I was in business in 08 for both of the shifts in the world, right? So the first thing I wanna say is you need to fortify your mind. I just said we went through two years of uncertainty, inflation, possible recession, we just went up 
three quarters of a basis point. They said they're doing it a, a whole, they believe we're going to do a whole nother point in October, right? Things are shifting yeah. and you feel it in the market. If you, and I'm, I feel like I'm just saying so many quotes, but you know, the Wayne Gretzky quote, why was he so good at hockey? He said, everybody skates to where the puck is. Mm -hmm. I learned to skate to where the puck was going. We have to fortify our mind to look for opportunity, not look for what's lost. Our mind will always look for what's lost or what we don't have if we decide that. But we can also focus on what opportunity and what we can find. So I don't want to make this a personal development interview today. But if your mind's not fortified, you said something that's so true. People, when, when things get scary, what do people do? Fight or flight. But yep. it's the third F that you said. The third F was freeze. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, oh, like you don't even breathe. It's like, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. If you look at the average recession, it's 18 months. Over the last 30 recessions since America was born, it's an 18-month average. And if people smarter than me feel that this, like a, a trampoline that you push down far, it rebounds the same, mm -hmm. they feel this could be twice as long as the average recession. So you can't sit and wait. You can't hold your breath. You can't wait. Not for 18 no months. One, no, one, no one is coming to save you. No one's going to fix this. And the market is not doing a little blip, blip if, I hope it does. Steve, this is not me predicting. Mm -hmm. I'm not an economist. I'm just looking at history. It's yeah. not going to rebound tomorrow. Stocks aren't going to rebound tomorrow. The real estate market's not going to, like, we haven't even started the decline if history repeats itself. So the first thing you got to do is fortify your mind. You know the thoughts that make you feel crippled or paralyzed or can't move or can't breathe. You have to find a way. This is not a personal development training today. I don't care if it's listening to Tony Robbins, praying to God, talking to your family, spending time with your kids. You have to find something that makes you wake up the hero that lives inside of you the, you know i said there was a millimeter of the two people that mm -hmm. live inside of me one of them is you're crazy the market's shifting you're going to go broke you're going to lose everything one is man if everybody's scared that means there's opportunity how do i find it which one are you going to listen to because the one you listen to would determine the next two years of your life that's a man at 53 who's been through different phases in life been through two economic winters what you focus on is what you're going to get more of. So I'll leave it at that. I won't say another word. Fortify your brain. Do not let the thoughts come in. Don't obsess on the news. Don't hang around your negative friends and tell you you're going to go broke. Look and obsess on opportunity. That's number one. Before you go into the second one, yeah. uh, you know, my wife and I, you know, she's also a loan officer. So on top of everything I've got going on, she's a loan officer, right? And she's like panicking. She's freaking out. And again, I think it's understandable. And she's looking at me. She's like, why are you not freaking out? And I'm just thinking everything I've learned is I'm excited for this opportunity, right? You know, Warren Buffett talks about it, you know, like, uh, was it uh, when everyone's freezing or ever, yeah. when everyone's fearful, right? Time, it's time to be greedy. Yeah. So Also, he said, when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked. Absolutely. <laughs> right? absolutely. The tide's going out. The tide's going out right now. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so um, I, I appreciate you sharing this insight because for me personally, I, everyone thinks I'm crazy because I'm excited <laughs> when yeah. everyone else is kind of freaking out. So anyway, going on. Yeah, no, no, but, but listen, that's just a frame of mind because you're excited. What are you looking for right now? Opportunities. Okay. But if you were like, oh, oh my God, everything's going to change. What are you looking for? You're like, should we shut off Netflix? Should mm -hmm. we save a little money here? Let's not buy that new car. Honey, let's stop building the house. Mm -hmm. Right. It's the same situation. It's just the frame of mind that you look for. And you're looking for confirmation to prove that things are falling apart. Right. Like, listen, when you buy the, the new, I don't know, Tesla, and you're like, I, th I saw a few. Then you buy it. All of a sudden, there's a thousand of them the yeah. same color as yours. If you're looking for saying, hey, things are going to hell in a handbasket, that's all you're going to see. You won't see. The opportunity could be stacked up next to you, and you're going to walk right by it. Yeah. 
So fortify your mind. I, I think that would be the best advice I could give. The second thing is, I'll tell you what I did, and I'd love to share the opportunity of, you know, the industry that I'm in now, we'll talk about that later, but I wanna share what I did in 07. And if it's not relevant, you can tell me. But in 07, when the world was shifting and everybody was fixing and flipping, and it was the easiest thing in the world. 06, again, buy anywhere in the country, hold it for nine seconds, put it back on the market, you made money, right? There was- Also parallel to last year. Yeah. So, but anyway, continue. Yeah, parallel to last year. And, and I can remember in 06, early 07, in Phoenix, I lived there, there would be an open house and you'd literally drive by and there'd be 60 cars. Mm -hmm. And there'd be somebody out front taking a ticket, not even letting some people into the house. Fast forward a year, every third house had a for sale sign and every other one had that little strip across the top that said foreclosure. Mm -hmm. Every neighborhood, right? How could it change so quick? It's not possible. It is possible and it's possible it could happen again. Yeah. So what I did in 07 is I thought to myself, how do I create a process and a system that helps protect people on a downside? What would I do? And I started thinking for me, just like you're thinking for opportunity. And I started thinking of before wholesaling was big, if you ask, I sold a million copies of a book about wholesaling. So if you talk to, like there's so many people in your space that I know in our, mm -hmm. in the real estate space and they're all like, that book taught me in a wholesaling. If you talk to Sean Terry or Cody Sperber, or any of those guys are like, that was the book that taught me. I didn't invent it. I just made it popular because I sold a million copies of Be A Real Estate Millionaire back yeah. then. But what I did is I said, who is still buying properties when it shifts? And I said, landlords. And not landlords with multi-doors, not landlords that own multi-houses. And we just did a search for anybody who owned three or more houses in a certain area. And the whole thing we did is we targeted our marketing, bandit signs, everything to smaller, and again, this is a small strategy. It's not a million dollars a month. Mm -hmm. But if someone wanted to still flip a house or wholesale a house, we taught everybody to search for landlords and find them cheaper houses than they can find on their own because they were just looking for cash flow. They mm -hmm. weren't speculators. They wanted to buy a house and they had their fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth house and they wanted to make sure they were making 200 bucks a month on each house, yeah. right? And when we started doing that and I started crafting that, all my marketing went towards that. All my messaging went towards that. And over the next three years, I bought like 500 houses that way. And we taught, as I was buying them and figure it out, I would share it with my students. Like, oh, right. this is what I'm doing. So we help people not get rich during the down cycle, but how to protect the downside. Mm -hmm. And we had so many people doing really well, either selling the landlords, and then we, then we didn't even realize the byproduct is so many of them became their own landlords. So like, why would I sell it to a landlord? Let me borrow money or let me borrow money from family or from a bank. I can leverage it and we just, then all of a sudden we can't, we created a whole bunch of people that were creating passive yeah. cash flow, and then the market turned again and we shift our strategy. Well, and they're able to, they were able to reap the rewards from buying all those properties. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so that's what we did in 07. Yeah, that's brilliant. So anything else? Any other? Uh, any? Yeah, yeah, like I said, fortify your mind. Number two, I promise you there's opportunity out there, even though you're scared. When you're scared and fearful, you just don't see it. You're looking through a little pinhole. It's like squeezing your fingers together and trying to see. Try to find a way to um, worry less and look for opportunity. And, and one of the things I love, and, and we'll take this conversation anywhere you want, is I love the self-education industry because mm -hmm. that was my evolution. I did cars and I created a course. I did well with cars. I did a course. I did well with real estate. And then I taught people. Mm -hmm. 
Then I did well with teaching people personal development. I wrote Millionaire Success Habits because I, through the years of being in business, I realized all the things that held me back and all the things, the habits I did that allowed me to feed the voice that was unstoppable rather than feed the voice of self-doubt. Yeah. And I took all the training I learned from Tony Robbins and I, I listened to a book a week from Eckhart Tolle to Deepak Chopra to everybody you could possibly imagine. And over you know, 40 years, 38 years of being in business, you pick up habits and strategies that allow you to be successful. So then I shifted and said, I called Tony. I'm like, I want to write a book on personal development about success, not, mm -hmm. not your stuff. I said, some of it might come out and it's probably yours. So right. I'm going to dedicate the book to you. I did in the beginning of the book. I'm like, there's some stuff in here that are probably Tony's, but it's kind of like mine now. Um, and that book did amazing. It's my best selling book of all time. Um, and that did amazing for the last seven years. And then over the last four years, Tony and I partnered to show people how to sell what they know. Yeah. Right. You, you've done it. You had a skill. Somebody else is starting off on day one. They're either going to figure it out on their own or they can cut you a check to be a coach or a course or a podcast or a yeah. mastermind or a workshop. And it's been an amazing journey. The last four years have been unbelievable teaching people how to sell what they know. And what I love about this industry, it's 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 an industry four years ago. It was at 100 million a day. Mm -hmm. um, according to when you Google a hundred million dollars a day. Yes. Four years ago. Right now it's almost a billion dollars a day. The self-education is wow. 343 billion. They'll do this year. So almost a billion a day. And if you Google right now, e-learning or self-education, it's they're predicting by 2028, it'll be a trillion dollar a year industry. And it's being fueled by regular people realizing, oh my God, I'm a chapter ahead of somebody. I learned mm -hmm. how to eat vegan. I learned how to do yoga. I learned how to work out. I learned how to save my marriage. I learned how to get through a divorce. I learned real estate. I learned cars. Someone else is starting on day one. Let me extract it and help them go faster and get paid yeah. to do it. Right. And we, we feel amazing about being at the forefront of teaching that. I read a quote somewhere. Uh, I want to say like the last week. And it was someone that was asking you a question. And they're like, Dean, how do you, like, why do you do what you do when you find stalkers, you find, you know, weirdos, whatever, that are, you know, following your every step? And you had an answer for them. And it was that if that's the price I have to pay to change people's lives, yeah, that's the price that's worth paying. You know what's so funny? You know who I told that to? Alex Hermosi. That's who it was. Yeah. That's who and it was. I told it to Alex Hermosi because he came to me and said, I really want to help people, but man, I don't want people following me around. I don't want to be on Instagram. I'm like just depends on how valuable it is to you. For mm -hmm. me, to the, the opportunity to change people's lives, I'll, I'll deal with it. And, yeah. and I have to tell you, um, I'm at a place in my life right now where I did well with real estate. Uh, and I did well with my money. I, I don't buy a million Lambos and you know, I live a pretty amazing life, but I, I, was, I did well with my money and I don't have to work anymore. Yeah. And I'm not saying that to pound my chest or brag or talk about my private plane and all that kind of stuff, but I've done really well for my life. I am so juiced up with the opportunity to serve others and being partners with Tony Robbins really helps. His whole life is dedicated to serving others. Yeah. He, he could have stopped working way before I could have, right? Um, and he's working harder today at 62 years old than ever. Nobody even knows how hard that man works. We talk every single day about how we're changing lives and how we're doing this and what's our next event and how many people's, how many people's lives and what are we gonna do? We gotta talk about winter and I'm gonna give them this strategy and then they need this and what do they need this? And I read 200 posts last night. I mean, he's like, he's 18 years old and it's infectious to me. Yeah. And he's like, we're put on this earth to grow, serve, give back, right? We're not put on this earth just to make the money. We're, we're here to, growth and contribution is his two main drivers of his life. Yeah. I wanna grow as a human and I wanna contribute. 
And once you get that under your skin, and I know you feel it with your podcast, why do you want to, well, I mean, I ask you, why do you want to make a hundred millionaires? Because you know that you changed their life and their family's yep. life and the legacy and their grandchildren and their great-grandchildren all will be shifted because you helped one person in that lineage of family right. change forever. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it goes back to the Zig Ziglar thing, right? You can have anything in life you want. If you can help enough other people get what they want. Same thing yeah. with the Go-Giver book, right? The yep. law of... Love that go-giver. Uh, it's the law of, I can't remember which one it is, but it's one of the five laws, which is basically like the your, uh, what you get in life is directly proportional Twitch to the give. number of people you can help. Yep. You know, I'm going to share something with you. It might be a little embarrassing. Uh, so I actually have, you know, like a, a, a vision list. It's not a vision board. I'm not a visual person, but I have a visual yeah. list. Um, and it used to be own the Cardinals one day, right? Okay. And I realized I actually don't even care about sports that much anymore. As I've grown personal <laughs> development, grown in business, I don't really yeah. care about sports that much anymore. I erased that last one and I put in there to be uh, in Tony Robbins' cell phone, right? Wow. That was in there. So I'm just going to put that out there in case he cares, in case he's <laughs> listening. Um, so, you know, you're talking about teaching someone that you're just one step ahead of. You know, we, we talk, we create content, we help people, we provide a lot of content out there for free. And a lot of people that are, are, are listening to us, like, well, Steve, I can't create content. Like, why would anyone listen to me? And we just say the same thing you just said, right? If you could just, you're, you're one chapter yeah. ahead of somebody else and someone is listening to you and that's helping them go to the next step in their journey. So can you talk a little bit more about, you know, um, you were saying putting content out there or helping monetizing, yeah, helping someone else progress in their journey. Yeah. If you think about, I mean, I love this and I've said this before, so if you've heard it, I'm sorry, but I think it's really important. I'll ask you, Steve, if you had the chance to go back and spend a day with your 20 year old self and you had a, you had a week to prepare, like mm -hmm. there's three topics, you get three topics, you have three hours with your 20 year old self. What are you going to share? How much would that be worth to you at this phase of your life? I mean, you can't even right. put you a price on you it. You can't put a price on it. Right. And, and not just a financial price, like your heart, like about your relationship, maybe with your wife or children or the business or when to start it, or don't let these beliefs come in. Oh my God, when you get this age, you're going to forget that childhood innocence. And it's going to go like all these things. And when I say that, I, and I've done it in front of hundreds of thousands of people over the years, and there's only two answers. People are thinking money, say millions. Mm -hmm. And people are thinking of other things, say everything, or, um, uh, yeah, everything is, is really, it's, um, yeah, millions or it's worth everything. And you have to realize that there's people out there right now kind of starting off where you once were in one of the areas of your life. Yeah. You know, people say, oh, I've only done three real estate deals. I don't know if I could teach other people. But what about the person dying to do one? Mm -hmm. Could you teach them the mistakes that you made and how you got in your first one and how you inspected it and where you got the money and how you cash flowed? Even if the first one didn't cash flow and you mm -hmm. thought it would, that's one chapter ahead. But that's with every area in life. What we're sharing with people, I mean, Tony and I have helped people in 4,500 different niches in 156 countries. You know, we had, we had a woman who was in business but realized she went through, and as men we would have no idea, but she went through such hell and menopause and she was taking medicine and going to a doctor and then she went to natural paths. She researched like crazy and she cured herself. She didn't have night sweats. She wasn't gaining weight anymore. She, her, her mind wasn't going crazy. And all of a sudden she realized, she's like, oh my God, how many women are probably going through this? They don't know where to go. I'm not a doctor. I don't have a following. I don't have an Instagram account, but I know how to get through menopause naturally. Now she's selling courses 
on how women can get through menopause naturally. She's crushing it. It's amazing yeah. to watch her. But that's one of thousands of people that are finding, you know, I learned how to sail. I learned how to play the piano. I learned how to do hair better. I learned made marketing better. Everything you could possibly imagine when you just realize if you're a chapter ahead, you have the opportunity to allow someone to go faster. And there's no way this industry is going to a trillion dollars a year unless people are realizing, I don't want to go back to college. That's general knowledge. That's mm -hmm. not working. I don't want to learn on my own. That takes too long. Let me look around and find somebody who's already been there. Yeah. And that's what's fueling this industry. So I want to talk about a challenge you guys are doing. But before we do that, was there anything else you want to talk about as far as preparing to thrive during an economic winter? I just think fortifying your mindset and, and, and being the person that's open to look at opportunity, investigate. I mean, the best word I could use is investigate. Mm -hmm. Just go look and see where things are changing, right? Again, I, I'm going to look through the lens of the self-education industry because that's what I'm doing. That's what Tony and I are partners on. It's why we're doing this big challenge yeah. that we're hoping to put a million people in. We're going to be close. So we're, uh, we're, hoping, we're hoping we get to a million people and impact a million around the world. I mean, think about my story, what I said. Parents married nine times, lived in a trailer park. We got evicted from our trailer. I went in, did my first deal with no money. Could, could you imagine like that story? Could you imagine if you went to my 19-year-old self and said, someday you and Tony Robbins will be partners and you're going to do an event with a million people around the world yeah. in 156 countries. You never would have believed it in a whole... No, not at all. Not in a million years. Like it doesn't... My, my dream was to make $100,000 a year someday, right? You never know what's possible when you said what you said earlier, when you help enough people. Mm -hmm. And I don't know any other industry that when you overcome all the negative beliefs or the, the wrong beliefs, the limiting beliefs, and realize you have something valuable, you have an asset, you have an experience that's insanely valuable to someone else. When you get over that and you tell yourself a new story and you gain capabilities, this is one of those industries where you never know. You never know that your phone can end up in Tony Robbins. I'll yeah. talk to Tony tonight, I'll tell him that story. You never know where that's gonna go especially in this industry, and I love it. And the last thing I'll say is you brought up Warren Buffett quotes, and I shared one. Yeah. But if you saw Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger in their address they did about four weeks ago, five weeks ago, they said recession's here. He said that two things, um, with inflation and a recession inevitable. He said, number one, invest in yourself. Just get better at what you do. And he said, if currency is in Reichmarks, if it's in seashells, or even deflated dollars, if you get better at what you do, you'll just capture more of it right so it might be worth less but you get a bigger piece of the pie yeah and he said second thing he said get yourself a business with higher margins and not a lot of cost to get started and that's why i love the self-education industry because your experience what you do on a podcast yeah you could sell it over and over again it doesn't cost you anything it's super impactful you don't have to warehouse it you don't have to store it you just have to know the process to unlock it and sell it and that's the business we're both in um, if I remember correctly, it was, it was Warren Buffett. Someone asked him like, you know, what's the best investment you can make? And this is the best investor of all time, the best investor of all time. And his answer was investing in himself was the single best investment he ever made. Yeah. So let's talk about your challenge. Great. Time to thrive challenge. Um, and write this URL down thrive 310.com. Um, cause I think you're gonna want to go there as soon as we get done here. So I, I gave you the whole story and the history of Tony and I. We decided to partner four years ago and show people how to enter this industry, especially new people that didn't think they could. I don't have a following. Like the woman I described to you with the, with the uh, teaching women get, get through menopause. And we decided to go all in because we've been doing it for 65 years collectively and we're still doing a pretty good job at it. It's not like yeah. we used to do it, right? Um, 
And it became like a movement. Our first event we did, we had 250,000 people come and I think it was the biggest event at that time four years ago. We were blown away. Year two, we had 500,000 people register. Last year, we had 900,000 people wow. register and that's why we're shooting for a million this year. And we started year one with three hours and year two, we went to five hours. And yes, last year we went to five days, about two and a half hours a day. And we're doing that again. Wow. And the reason we did that, um, one of the main reasons is Tony, because he loves to over deliver. You understand, you obviously know Tony. He, he, he can't just, he doesn't want to just leave somebody. So we're like, let's break down five days. All right. Day one, we'll teach them why this industry, why now, why them? Okay. And that's Tony day one will blow your mind. If you like anything about Tony Robbins, do not miss the chance to watch him for free, share something he doesn't share any place else. Just get there. Like, He'll put you in a mindset where you will look for opportunity by the time you're done with Tony on day one. Yeah. Um, day two, we teach people how to identify what it is they should be selling, right? What should they be sharing? How do you find your niche? We call it our dot, but it's how to narrow it down so you go, oh, I can do that. Well, and I love that you guys are spending a whole day on that yeah. or a whole session on that because that is the one question that I get all the time. Like, how do I figure out what to talk about? I was like, and that's why we do it day two. <laughs> We've put whatever enough time you, here. Whatever you're passionate about, but yeah. yeah but so, it's still, but you see, people are, then they go, I'm passionate about a lot, but why would people give me money? So yeah. day two, we narrow that down. I give you my word at the end of day two, you'll be going, well, crap, I could sell that. Yeah. But then day three is, well, how do I actually sell it? So we teach you how to sell through service. How do you sell through impact rather than feeling like a cheesy salesperson? Mm -hmm. So figure day one, you'll feel unstoppable. Day two, you know what to sell. Day three, you know how to sell it. Day four, we show you, and we have some amazing, two amazing women coming in to show you how to build a following even if you don't have, a, one person knows your name. How do you build an audience that wants what you have? Instead of you being used by social media, you get to use social media for your benefit. Right. And then day five, we tie it all together. And we got some amazing people coming. Day four, we even have Matthew McConaughey coming because I love freaking green lights and so did Tony. So we invited him. It's, it's cool to leverage Tony. I, we get him on the phone and yeah. we're, we're interviewing. But we got great people. We got Jenna Kutcher and Brendan Burchard is coming. Uh, Russell Brunson. Uh, um, Alex Hermosi is coming. Uh, Lisa Nichols. Gloaton Mo. I mean, just if you don't know these names, it's okay. You don't need to. But just know they're all people that never thought they could be in this business. They entered this business and now they're doing extremely well and they're coming to share. So yeah. it's, it's going to be an amazing event. It's only happening once. I believe this is probably the last year we're ever doing it. It's a lot of work. Tony and I are slammed, but we want to give back, especially in a time when things are shifting. Um, Thrive310.com. Go there and register and we'll see you on August 2nd. Yeah. So, and as, I love everything you're doing because again, like as a, as a thanks for myself, I would say probably as well as thanks from all my listeners, right? Like, I wouldn't have what I have. I wouldn't have the reach. I wouldn't have the audience. I wouldn't have the impact I have if it wasn't for everything you've done. So, I mean, and I had to figure this all out myself. Yeah, <laughs> so I get it. So thrive310.com, you know, use the roadmap that Dean yeah. and Tony have created, right? Versus I had to just go figure it out and bump. So did I. <laughs> so did I. And so did Tony. And yeah. it's the reason we want to do it. And it's the reason, I, I'll put it this way. I don't think there's many courses out there that you could buy that are mm -hmm. going to deliver what Tony and I are going to deliver for five days for free. So what I'd say, and this was a Zig Ziglar quote, sometimes people who don't pay, don't pay attention. Yeah. So what I'll say to you is just because it's free, don't discredit it. This is unbelievable. I mean, you want to put Brendan on your stage, it's 150 grand. Tony on your stage, 400 grand, right? Like, I'm not saying that to, like, these are people who command 
big dollars, but they oh, happen absolutely. to be our friends and they happen to be heart centered and we ask them to come and serve and they're coming on their own dime, flying here on their own dime in this studio that we're sitting in and for five days we're gonna light it up and you get all of it for free. So put a thousand dollar value on this, pretend you paid it and here's what I'd suggest. Not only go to thrive310.com and register, as soon as you're done, take the URL and text it to two friends and tell them to get their butts there and have some accountability partners. Oh yeah, I mean the best way to make sure you do it is not just to go tell your friends post about it on social media. Yeah. Let everyone know. I know the reason why I launched my, I told the world I was starting a podcast <laughs> was to hold myself accountable. Yeah. Right? So the Wednesday I went out back. there. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Hey guys, join me Wednesday, 2 PM next week. I'm going to go live. And I've done that every Wednesday for maybe like maybe 10 weeks. I haven't done an episode every single Wednesday. Wow. That's amazing. Because I went on social media and said, and you're going to do it. This is what I'm going to do. And having other people watch me, and me proclaiming it held me accountable to taking action. Yeah, pretty amazing. So yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd not only get a friend posted on social, let, let's get to a million, let's change a million lives. Yeah. So was there anything else you want to leave the listeners with? Uh, you know, first off, thanks for coming down here. And this was a really great conversation. I mean, it. I really enjoyed this and I appreciate the questions and I appreciate the caring that you obviously put into serving others. Um, I would just say, just be careful over the next two years of letting yourself slip into that thinking that there's stinking no way thinking. out. Yes, yeah, thinking, thinking, but that there's no way out, that, yeah. that everything's going sideways because we are going into a shift and I'd rather prepare and anticipate than react. Yeah. So I would say do whatever it takes to, to strengthen your mind, to strengthen your beliefs, whether, again, whether that's God, Tony Robbins, or, or anything that inspires you, do more of it because, man, just Google it. When is some of the most wealth ever made? During Always recession. during recession. Yeah. So why does that happen? Because it's people looking for opportunity. So yeah. I'd encourage you look for where the puck is going, and uh, we look forward to hanging with you on August second. Awesome. And I would just add real quick. You know, m many of the Fortune 500 companies all started during recession, right? And you're talking about mindset and fortitude and everything else. Fortifying it is that would you rather have Dean and Tony, you know, pushing your sale, or you want to drift with everybody else? Yeah. I know which way I would go. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Shout out to Steve Train. Jump on the Steve Train. We real estate disruptors.